Are you curious about bodies, pleasure, and possibilities? And what about curious about what others are up to on the planet when it comes to pleasure, sex, and play? Have you considered what pleasure can do for your life, your body, and your bank account? Do you know something magical, delightful, and out of this world orgasmic is not only possible for you, but totally available to you? If you're ready to be the magical, sexual, sexy beast you know you can be, and you just need the tools to get there, you're in the right place. Now, here's the host of The Pleasure Zone, sensual movement artist, relationship, and sex alchemist, Milica Yelenich. Welcome, my sweet pleasure seekers. You are joining me on The Pleasure Zone, but you're also joining my super fun guest, Jennifer Kramer, who's been on the show several times. And this week, we're going to actually be talking about a few things. And we've talked about things like pornography before on this show. We've had other conversations about business and sex. So um, Jennifer has her own show on this station as well through Inspired Choices Network, through this network. And her show slash production is called Big Fat Lies. It airs live on Fridays at 4 p.m. Um, EST, 1 p.m. PST. You guys can figure out the rest of those STs all over the world. And if you've never listened to Big Fat Lies, I encourage you to go over there. The show's always got lots of great information. And Jennifer always has great references to uh, all the different things she's learned in her life, especially things like human design. Jennifer is Canada's number one business and relationship turnaround expert for deliciously ambitious, visionary female entrepreneurs. And she's also a modern day shaman and seer. Jennifer has over 20 years uh, where she's been assisting entrepreneurs and business owners to ignite their dream life, find their joy, meaning, and success in business through her intuitive strategies and foresight that include both the body and the business. Because guess what? They go together. Surprise. Jennifer's approach is to identify the individual's core talents and energy fields, ignite them, and bind them to the bigger dream, then build systems that add elegance, joy, and profitability. You can find Jennifer both on her show at Big Fat Lies, uh, on the Big Fat Lies on Fridays, but you can also find her on jennifercramerlewis.com. So today, our, today we're going to be diving into a topic about how the media interferes with sex in general. But, you know, I think it's even broader than that. It's like how the media interferes with desires, how it like brain trains us. And we're going to get into some, both of us have done uh, extensive like different research and gotten information from different places. And we're going to be sharing that all with you guys tonight. So I'm really excited to have Jennifer on. For those of you who have never been on a show with us, it's more like watching two friends have a conversation and you get to be the voyeur. So how fun is it for you? Because these are like conversations that we have. And then we're just like, why don't we just film this so other people can watch too? And that's sometimes what happens when if I'm talking to Jennifer, if I'm talking to Christine, who's the CEO of the station, sometimes we get in conversations and we're like, we ought to film this because people would like to know. So that's what we're doing. We're filming it. So Jennifer, welcome to the Pleasure Zone again. It's so great to have you. And so the conversation, actually, you brought it up with me and I thought it was a great conversation to have about how media affects both our desires and our sex and it's been fun for me because uh, since we talked about that, I have been watching 
huge amounts of, of uh, different research and videos and information from mostly I've been diving into the queer community, the LGBTQ community and seeing the perspective um, that's been kind of hidden and lost and like why, why is it that people are going on about um, there, there's a big thing right now where people are talking about pushing the gay agenda and like putting queer characters on TV as pushing a gay agenda. And then I think, wait a second, have we not had the hetero agenda pushed on us for like, I don't know, thousands of years? Yes. So, yes. so I'm like, hey, what the frick? So yeah, so having media that influences us has, this is not new. And also, even when you look at things like ancient art, right? And you look at even, even when we were talking about this show, I was like, when you look at like ancient Greek art that in, the, in its day would have been considered like pornography. Um, nowadays, when we look at it as art, could totally influence your thoughts, ideas, and choices. You might go, hey, that is a wild position those five people are in. Wonder if we can do it, right? So it might like bring up ideas or inspires. You never know. Uh, and media has been different throughout the ages. It's not always the way that we perceive it with like social media. So I think this is going to be a fun, fabulous conversation. What was it that struck you first, Jennifer, about like really having like the pull to talk about how media affects our sex? Yeah, well, it's interesting because it was me that was wanting to have a conversation with you about um Originally, I had thought it was more of a political agenda. And then um, when we had our conversation, sort of like our preamble of like, hey, can we we have a public conversation about this and, you know, share our unique points of view about it. Um, we got around to that, you know, media and sort of like the brainwashing agendas have been going on since people could, you know, draw stick figures, having sex with stick figures. And, you know, some of them had three legs and some of them didn't. And <laughs> so it was like, we were talking about like, okay, well, what makes something um, erotic and what makes something pornography? And so we might end up talking about that today. And then we were also talking about the you know quote unquote gay agenda or the you know the sexual diversity agenda um and it's so interesting like I have family members uh you know multiple family members on the lgbtq plus uh spectrum um and you know, like I still every day I'm like, okay, I am not cool enough to have this conversation. And I'm a pretty liberal person, like, you know, so people who, you know, are quite a bit less cooler than me are, are trying to have these conversations with their family members. Um, they are picking up me, you know, on the truth of, you know, that there probably is an agenda. And, that, you know, being gay or, you know, being, I'm just going to call it being gay. So, you know, being gay is not an agenda. It's not a lifestyle. And in most cases, it's not even a choice, you know, who you are sexually attracted to um, comes to you organically. 
And then I really feel like media interferes with the organic desire that the body has. And I would say, you know, people who haven't bothered to educate themselves um, sort of don't realize that little kids are quite sensual with one another. And so if, if people leave it alone, um, you know, then they really get to learn quite a bit from one another, from their peer group about that kind of thing, you know, so long as it's safe, so long as it's consensual, and so long as it's sensual, and it, it isn't moving over into sexual, um, you know, or beyond the scope of, you know, what somebody who's five or six or seven or eight, or even like 12 um, can handle. And I think, you know, when it moves over into the sexualization of children, um, like, I really feel like what's going on around kids can can move over into the sexualization of um, their thoughts. And then, so that's been happening the whole freaking time. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, kids have always had either, they've been left in the dark to not know anything. So in some ways that's even more damaging. And then there's the whole teaching people things before they're ready, before they're asking. That's also, I mean, learning anything before you're ready can be damaging when people start to, you know, find out truths about the world before they're ready. It's, it's alarming. It, and it can like, the cognitive dissonance can be so huge that people actually feel suicidal and have a hard time dealing with um, what they just found out. Like, oh my God, those things actually go on in the world. Like, you know, when I've had conversations with people who are even in their 30s and 40s, and they find out about human trafficking for the first time, yeah. it blows their minds. And it sometimes takes them months to be able to even like, understand that this is real, this happens, it happens in every community. This is not something that is just happening in South America or in third world countries. It's this is happening everywhere, like down the road, it's happening everywhere. So those things um, can create a real shift in in mind in the mind as well. When, when we get too much information before we're ready, it can be shocking. But when you are ready, it's cool. It's that we're forced, like a lot of the stuff is forced on us, right? It's like if you're watching a TV show, then there's commercials that are sexualized. There are characters on pretty much every TV show that's highly sexualized. It's not that they just exist as sexual beings, which is to me a really cool thing. And I think Actually, Schitt's Creek, if you haven't watched it, Schitt's Creek is an amazing example where the character David is pansexual, but it's not a big deal. He's not highly sexualized. He's just a sexual being who has a life. So I think there's a big difference when, when we go to sexualized things or when people are just acknowledged as sexual beings and it's just part of their story, just like being a sexual being is part of our story. It doesn't have to be something that's like um, an abrupt announcement of like, I need everybody in the world to know this. Like, it doesn't have to be yes. so it's like, yes. this is who you are. We love you no matter. Like it doesn't have, there doesn't have to be a declaration. You didn't never have to come out of a closet because you didn't really ever need to be in one. And if, you know, if, you know, the hetero agenda stuck you in one um, and now you feel like you have to reclaim yourself. No, you don't have to come out of no closets because if we stuck you in one or if the hetero world stuck you in one, just, you are you, you don't have to like 
come out of hiding. You can just be and exist. I don't know. I get on a bit of a rant about uh, that stuff. I find it like very. Yeah, so I have experienced uh, um, three different family members who I knew perfectly well, you know, had their own sexualness energy and, and you know, I am very sensitive. So I'm, you know, I was already aware of, you know, how they were feeling and how they were processing and what their thing was. And, um, and then most recently, a family member came out to me as uh, um, being in a throuple like, okay, so, you know, I have a primary partner, and now I have a secondary partner. And, um, you know, so it's like, I think, one of the things that I would love people to have permission to do is to just know your truth about someone. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when you love somebody, how they behave, and how they you know, what they do with their own body in the privacy of their own home is really sort of nothing, like it's nothing to do with you until they come to you. And, you know, in the case of the three different family members, um, I kind of thought to myself, well, why do I need to have like this public declaration made to me? I was kind of in, I wasn't like I already knew. So it was kind of like, I have yeah. brown eyes. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. You, yeah. Yeah, you, you have, have brown, brown eyes. eyes. There you go. <laughs> okay. Would you like some tea with that? Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> There's a lot of people with brown eyes. <laughs> I'm like, good thing you don't have to decide to have other colored eyes. <laughs> yeah. It's totally fine to have brown eyes. And, you know, so like, I think, you know, I feel, and luckily I've, you know, I'm very close to these family members, um, that I can have a candid conversation. Um, because one of the things that I really think is that there is way too sort of sexual a conversation with young people these days, you know, so very young, you know, it's not just like, hey, you know, maybe keep your genitals in your underwear. And if anybody wants to see what's in your underwear, then, just wait nobody needs to see what's in your underwear and um and that's also for safety right like that's also teaching them like your body is yours it's sacred you know know your body first and foremost before anybody else goes around touching it and I think that really comes in when it comes to things like um child sexual abuse as well like if you don't have the information that you know these are your this is your body from head to toe and nobody has a right to touch any part of you even if it's in your underpants or out of your underpants that's your body and unless they've asked permission they do not get to touch it and I think we don't we like we haven't really given ourselves the we haven't really acknowledged our autonomy over our own bodies our sovereignty of choice with our bodies right so we we always think well mommy and daddy can do whatever they want because they're mommy and daddy. No, uh, my, uh, the one thing that I, I like to always reinforce is this is your body. It's your choice. Even when, um, Ziva was like three or four years old, I was like, you know, what does your body need? Just because my body would like this food or my body likes cuddles doesn't mean that I get to cuddle you because I would like a cuddle. If you would like a cuddle and you would like to ask me for one, then we're good. And if I would like one and you're okay with it, then we're good. Mm -hmm. To try and like facilitate kids so they know that there are 
our guidelines. Like we have, we need to have some basic guidelines, ask permission. That's a basic guideline, ask permission. Um, and then if you don't know that permission is required to touch your body, then stuff happens, right? Kids have this happen all the time. And you see it, actually you see it on TV all the time. You'll see people touching each other all the time with zero permission. And it's funny because in our house, we'll be like, well, that person just touched so-and-so with zero permission. Well, what the F is that? <laughs> but it happens all the time. And it becomes so much part of our programming and our thoughts that, yeah, you can just touch so-and-so. So-and-so can touch you. It's, there's no permission required. You can just touch anybody you want, anytime you want, no permission required. And that is such a weird message to be sending people. And, and also for kids, then, then they're questioning, like if there has been sexual abuse, and they're like, well, all I've seen as like visual representations in my life from TV or from other people or even in my family, nobody asks permission. It's just, you're supposed to just grant it. It's just I part of an obligation. Yeah, you have a body, you're obligated to share it. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. But it's, I've, when you really think about it, like how many TV shows have you ever seen where somebody actually asked permission, even when it comes to like copulation, they might have a conversation and it might be really like cute between teenagers. Like, I don't know, are you ready? I'm ready, I don't know. And it's that kind of like vague conversation, but you don't get the, the bigger conversation uh, even as adults. It's, there's never conversation, there's never communication, which blows my mind. I'm like, that's the primary thing around intimacy and sex is communication, and permission. Probably the sexy we don't thing talk ever. about it. Yeah. To like be like, ooh, and what would we do? Ooh, and where would yeah. we? Do it? And like, ooh, and ooh, you know, like for me, I think that that type of communication is so key. But then it's also what the kids pick up energetically, because I would say um, my kids are six and seven. I mean, they're adults now, young adults, six and seven years older than yours. And we were watching a James Bond movie, like an old Sean Connery, James Bond movie. And uh, Sean Connery takes this like hard drive, like this little like microchip thing. And he sticks it in the back of this actress's bikini bottom and yeah. then pats her bum. And both of my boys were like, oh my God. They were both, yeah. no. <laughs> and so, you know, they were raised with- That is so excellent. Good job, mama. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, let's have a talk about this. We don't just like grope people that we barely know. Yeah. And we certainly don't expect that we're going to get to stick anything in the back of anybody's bikini bottom without their consent. And yeah. like, it was so cringy, that movie. And I think it was from like 1980 or something like that. It was so cringy to them. We had to shut it off. That's cool. Yeah. So, you know, not to say that the media is, um, you know, completely complicit in the programming of young people or completely complicit in the programming of us. Um, mm -hmm. I also was talking about to Melitza that, um, I came across some like 1970s erotica and there were yeah. actually, I really let's, oh. let's talk about that when we come back. Cause I think that's, that was a really cool one. Cause that really intrigued me. And I'd like, 
for the listeners to have to come back for that. So everybody, you're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network. And if you'd like to hear the next part of this talk about media and 1970s erotica, come on back after the break. So come on over if you're listening in Facebook, on Facebook Live, come on over to Inspire Choices Network and join us in the chat room. If you have questions, if you'd like to ask us questions, if you have comments that you would like to share, join us over in uh, Inspire Choices Network in the chat room. Otherwise, we will see the rest of you from Facebook Live over on all the other networks uh, later. So, uh, after this Are time, you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is the Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email info at melitzayelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, sweet pleasure seekers. Tonight we're talking about how the media affects our sex, essentially our desires as well. Um, in the first segment, we were talking about some of our experiences personally with people uh, in, in our lives and things that we've seen um, personally. But this is actually the little segment where we're going to talk about some media that we media and media resources that we have come across that are absolutely influential and have influenced even possibly generations and generations after that. Um, so that that is what we'll be talking about now. I want to welcome my guest, Jennifer Kramer. She's also a host of Big Fat Lies over on also on Inspired Choices Network. So you can find her over on her show on Fridays at 4 p.m. EST. And you can also find Jennifer through her website at jenniferkramerlewis.com. Like to connect with her if you'd like to have sessions through business and relationships. She's an expert in turning the shit around. That's how I'm just going to simplify it. If you're in the pile of shit and you want your shit to turn around, that's a good person to talk to. So, um, Jennifer, this part of the segment really intrigued me because of what, when we were having our conversation about this, that I was like, yeah, yeah, this needs to be talked about, was 
what you found that day, if you can just tell the story, because I like the story behind how you came across this information too. Yeah, yeah. So it was out with a girlfriend. We were um, uh, uh, looking, we're at garage sales and we came across um, some cool stuff. I think it was an estate sale and we came across like 1970s or maybe 1960s erotica, you know, just these little short stories. And so it would have been uh, something, you know, like maybe you had to buy it in a specialty bookstore, or maybe you had to like write away to get it. But there was like, I think about, there was more than five and there was less than 10. And um, so we were like passing back and forth this erotica and every single one of the books had a chapter, like a little short story about having sex with your own daughter. And right. so that when you told me that I literally went WTF, yeah. I don't even understand how that could be consistent across the board in all the books, even if it's one book, what the hell? And then more than one, that is weird, but yes, go on. Cause I yeah. was like alarmed when you told and so, me. So yeah. And it's interesting. So that I found that I'm just trying to think what year that would have been like in between, like, I don't know, maybe let's say 2008. Why not? And, um, you know, and then I really, I've been an autodidact my whole entire life. Um, I've been a lifelong learner. I have experienced childhood sexual abuse. And so, and the person who abused me was a family member. And so, you know, it's like the incest agenda being put, you know, like, oh, not only, you know, maybe these per people were sexually abused by a family member, and then they come across media that sort of reinforces the eroticism of this choice. And so that was something that I, you know, like, I've really sort of examined it. I'm like, okay, well, you know, like, if you have a look at, um, you know, that sort of spectrum it's like okay well I have thoughts you know I'm pretending to be another person I have thoughts feelings and emotions mm -hmm. trying to process my childhood sexual abuse I'm pretending mm -hmm. to be another person but of course I have and then you know I come across erotica that's in a book so it's like it's almost like it gives it another layer of authority it's not just in my head it's in a book and then I read the book and then I'm like, wow, that's really sexy in air quotes for you guys listening. Heavy mm -hmm. duty quotes, maybe two sets of air quotes. <laughs> and then. And brackets and like. Yeah, and brackets for like, you know, six asterisks, see footnote one, <laughs> footnote two. <laughs> see this whole other chapter on why that's not a good idea ever fucking ever. And yeah. Um, you know, so like I would, the, probably the biggest thing that I want to talk about is the authority that taking something criminal and putting it in a book and then eroticizing it and then allowing people to buy it. And then, oh, you know, I'm reading stories about, you know, having hot sex with my wife on the dryer as the dryer's on and, you know, maybe like doing it in the barn and um, with your wife or, you know, or some other consensual adults, mm -hmm. you know, all of the fun stuff. 
And yet there's like a criminal act that's happening right in the middle of these books. And so, you know, like it takes away the sting even. It, it might even take away the shock factor, you know, that in chapter five, you know, we're like doing it in the backseat of the car, you know, in a car wash. And then the next chapter, chapter six is a criminal act. And then yeah. chapter seven is not. And so, and then I was also talking to Melitza about, um, I, I can't quote that these laws, where these laws are, but there's two very, um, uh, very disturbing things that are happening legally in North America, where they're trying to decriminalize sex acts against a family member that, you know, an immediate family member. Um, and then they're also trying to decriminalize uh, like sex acts or rape that happens um, if you're drunk. So if you're drunk or high, you're not responsible for committing sex acts against someone. Um, so it hasn't, none of these things have been put through as law, but there's bills going through. Um, so, you know, if there is an agenda, the agenda is that, you know, we're taking away the sovereignty of people, you know, and I'm not saying this always happens to women. There's a huge percentage of men that have been sexually abused and raped. And, but the sovereignty of your own physical being, like I remember talking to my children very, very young, like, you know, I don't get to touch you in a way that's not consensual to you. So if I'm not going to grab you, you know, unless I feel like you're going to run out into traffic, I'm going to ask you a few times. And then, you know, if you're still being a danger to yourself, I might move you with your arm. But again, you know, this, this um, sovereignty of the body, I really want to mm -hmm. talk to you guys about that. It's really, really important to me that you understand that when you are at large in your home or at large in public, nobody gets to touch you in a way that's not consensual. You know, they don't get to like, ooh, touch your hair or touch your arm or touch your breast or touch your ass. Like nobody gets to touch anything. And, you know, growing up the way that I grew up, there wasn't any body autonomy. You know, people were sort of like grabbing me. And, you know, in, in public, strangers have grabbed me. And, you know, so it's, it's, it's like, what is programming people that they think that they get to grab you? Like, I'm, I'm wondering about that. Yeah. And all I can think of is all the shows I've ever watched where it's just constant, right? People are uh, like every character, there's no permission ever asked about touch. There's no permission in between the parents on shows. It's often just like um, assumed like that, you know, a father can hug a child, a mother can hug a child, but at a certain age when the child can actually communicate and the child can communicate pretty young and by pretty young, I mean, like, you're a baby. Like, yeah. Ziva was months old, not even, maybe weeks old, and would make a very obvious um, reaction around certain people. And it was, and it would be like crying. It would be like, uh, it would be like these facial reactions. It was a knowing, like, this person isn't, I don't want to be around this person. And what happens to, like, 99.99999% of the population is that that baby is pretty much told shut up don't cry and you get to stay in that person's arms even though you don't trust them or like them 
And uh, so from like day one, we're trained that you don't have a choice. You have to be around people that you don't freaking like. But so one of the things was like, yeah, we are actually in the presence of somebody you don't like. Cry all you like, it might actually make them leave. See what happens. Exactly. <laughs> so, so, so yeah, we have, we also have choices when we know we're like maybe in a, in a space or a circumstance, it's like, well, you're kind of, you need to be there for certain reasons and uh, you can't run out the door at that moment. You, you could be like, I don't know, in a bus and you can't just get up and run out the door, right? You could be in a situation. So yeah, just cry. If those people are bugging you and you don't have a voice, make some noise. And the thing is, we always assume communication has to be verbal and it's so not, right? There's the energetic communication, there's nonverbal cues. And of course we do have verbal communication and written communication. We have a million ways to communicate. So with all these ways to communicate, isn't it funny that we don't use them when it comes to other people's bodies. And when it comes to sex, we just throw them out the window. Like, no, I have a feeling and an urge. So I have to like jump on my urge without any permission asked or granted. When you, like to me, so listeners out there, when you think about your life, how many times have you been touched in your life with zero permission granted? Mm-hmm. More than five, maybe? More than 5,000? Probably a lot, right? And we get so freaking trained into it. And I really think that we've just been trained from day one, whether it's from our parents or whether it's from what our parents have seen, right? So media doesn't always have have to be media to me is just a way of saying you're being trained by different thoughts but the repeated thought um training right so whether it's your parents creating their own media in your own home um it's like a family media or whether you have like a mass media right it's different but it's all just all like information that's constantly coming at you and if you're being told the same message over and over again this messaging is media in a way so It's just my thought on it. So your parents can be creating their own media in your home saying, you know, these are the ways we behave. You have, like when I was little, I had to kiss, not on my mom. My mom always said I had a choice, which was even more conflicting because my dad would tell me that I didn't. You have to kiss so-and-so, that's my friend. And I'm like, I don't want to kiss these freaking gross people who smell bad and blah, blah, blah. So Serbians always kiss three times, but he always had the sneaky bastard who would like move his mouth in front to try and like kiss you on the lips, which was like, for frig's sake, like really, do I need to kiss these old disgusting people all the time? When you're like six years old, it's weird. It's very uncomfortable and weird. And we're told that's what you do. It's respect. No, it's not respectful. It's disrespecting me and my body. But that media, that training, that messaging that we've been told over and over again, it's so messed up. So we have, we have that media, that porn that trained the fathers in the 60s and 70s. This behavior is okay. We have, you know, we've had media too tell us that we should be ashamed of certain things. Like even in the 1970s, there was some, there was some uh, like content that came out on TV that was like queer content. And it's that all that content was actually really, um, it was always that the, the characters were, there was either problems with them emotionally or that they were like being regarded as foolish, but they were never really regarded as like stable human beings who love one another. Um, 
there's actually a really fine example in Barney Miller. I was watching a bunch of stuff about how, how media has portrayed characters throughout time. And Barney Miller had a great example of they had a, um, there was a gay guy in the first season and he was portrayed as very like out there, a criminal. He was flirting with everybody and anything. And he was just like an out of control, uh, over the top gay guy. And then they realized that the entire gay community had a backlash and they're like, what the hell? Why are you portraying us this way? We actually have stable relationships. So the next time they brought the character back, he had a relationship and he had a stable relationship and they were like, growing and living together and so so the way that even people have been portrayed for their sexuality for their choices has, has not actually been very kind at all so then even if you are feeling you know if you're if you're like growing up and you're like 14 15 years old and you're seeing things in movies and tv and, and you're being told like if if you're gay this means that you're going to be this out of control whack job well, then I certainly don't want to be that because I don't want to relate to that. So what am I going to relate to? I'm going to relate to a cisgender hetero guy over here, but I can't relate to him, but I'm going to really try and force myself to, and then try trying to squish your values into something that doesn't fit you. It's like, can you actually wear those shoes? No, Cinderella, you can wear those, but your sisters can't, right? So it's it's like, to me, it's like trying to squish yourself into this stupid stuff that just doesn't fit. And we've been told repeatedly, this is what you need to relate to. And so media absolutely tries to find ways for us to relate to characters, whether it's in stories, like the stories you're, you're you know, you found at that place, or whether it's in movies, TV, all of that. It's about how do we relate, right? I just went on a rampage, but by all means, jump in. I do have something to say. And I think it like wraps around because one of the things that I said to my kids is it's okay just in these circumstances to yell fuck off or fuck you. And so if I can hear you and you yell fuck off or fuck you, I'm coming running your way. But guess what? If you yell fuck off or fuck you to somebody who's trying to touch you or somebody who's trying to like abduct you or whatever, making you feel creepy, then what will happen is immediately all of the adults will look at you as the bad kid, but they will take you away from the person who is um, abusing you or making you feel <laughs> unsafe. And then the minute I get there, I will solve it because that's our code word. <laughs> fuck off or fuck you is our code word. That's awesome. <laughs> and so I'm thinking like as an adult, like I, I would really love to give people permission to yell fuck off or fuck you um, more often. Like I think it's an underused phenomenon. Like if somebody tries to grab your ass in the workplace or on public transit or at school, like I had somebody grab me full frontal crotch grab in like grade four. What the heck? <laughs> what? Grade four. And, you know, like I talk about on my show, I'm like, I selected all on all of the most interesting abuse and trauma in this lifetime. But, you know, had my mom given me like the code word where I could have mm -hmm. been like, fuck off. And then everybody would have looked 
I would have gotten in trouble shortly, you know, but I would have been, sure. I would have been removed from the person. And, you know, cause as it was, I had to deal with it myself. I think I might've need the kid in the crotch. And then I went to the office and told them, but I don't know that my mom was ever called. I don't, you know, like no counselor talked mm. to me about, you know, consent or, you know, anything like that. And so now I'm a 50 year old woman. I'm navigating my life from the place and space of being anxious about sexual uh, what do I want to say? Sexual attention, you know, and I'm not an ugly person. So it's like, you know, sexual attention can happen for pleasurable reasons. Uh, they don't have to happen for traumatic reasons. And the person doesn't need to be coming at me, but there's like a, a navigation approach that I think, you know, that this media has put women and men on the defense for different reasons. Uh, and it's not correct. You know, it's not like, ooh, you know, like I find this person super attractive. So, you know, um, like how do we navigate that? And verse, not verses, and um, people who find me sexually attractive and I'm kind of like, never, how do we navigate that? And, yeah. you know, so it's like the media you were saying, you know, portrays people who are, you know, in one scene, they're kind of like making flirty eyes at one another. And then in the next scene, it's like all the clothes are off and they're in bed together. Yeah. Like, what the hell happened between flirty eyes and being in bed together? Like, and, and, you know, what were the incremental choices that allowed that to happen? Yeah, nothing apparently, because that's apparently how it works in life is that there's no conversation that ever happens. And the thing is, now we have things like Tinder, where everybody's expecting that. It's like, I, mean, I sent you a message. Don't you understand that? I've never been on Tinder, but this is the reports again. And it's like, there, there's like this expectation, right? Of like, I just, I sent you a message. So you're supposed to want to have sex with me. That's, it, it's like an unspoken thing. Like, no, we need to actually have these things spoken, written, discussed, verbally, sign language. I don't care how you're doing it. There needs to be permission. Consent and communication are key always for everything. And when, a, when there's children involved, there is no consent because they are not old enough to consent. So, you know, even if you're like, but I, I you know, like some people actually believe pedophiles should have rights. I, I, I'm going to go bold on here. And I think why? so <laughs> they have the right to go and live on 50 acres by themselves without internet access. that's right not even go live in a go live in a hole and that's it that's all you get <laughs> but anyways that's uh, my interesting opinion and I do understand that there's probably been a hell of a lot of trauma but let's not perpetuate the trauma by bringing that back and doing that to more people if you know I don't have a lot of things to say that will be kind on that front so I'm not going to go there right now either but um when when we have like children who are now also so in our area children are um being I think I believe it's all of Ontario um but I recently got a report from a friend of mine who's a teacher who was told uh that grade three and four children are supposed to um 
there's they have homework that involves masturbation and then they're supposed to talk to the parent of the other sex so say you identify as a girl you're supposed to talk to your male parent they're assuming you have two parents that are different sexes which is already farce anyway so they're assuming this and they're also assuming the binariness of all of it but anyway you're supposed to masturbate and discuss it with your parents. Your parents are supposed to write a report. That report goes back to the teachers and those teachers are supposed to actually fill out information. I don't know where that goes, but why? Why is this homework existing for grade three and four year old oh children? It's so interesting. Yeah. Some kids are so erotic. Like I know yeah. a girlfriend of mine, her daughter was like two and was just getting herself off as much as she can so she was just like yeah. okay go to your room bye and yeah, yeah. Um, and that's just like an understanding that's private you go have fun you do what you want you just go do it in your own time yeah, yeah. and then uh, like yeah so um you know I was very late to the like oh wow I can do that to myself bus and um like the, I think the first time that I had an orgasm from masturbation was with a sexual partner because he found that that was really erotic for him. And I was like, I had never at that point in time given myself an orgasm by masturbating. I mean, I had touched myself, but I didn't realize that I could actually take myself that far um, wow. for some reason. And so, you know, like it's, it's a pre- it's having conversations with people who aren't ready. Like I remember my mom, uh, who was very liberal. I mean, she did a good job of a lot of things. You know, I do talk about my mom a lot on my show. Uh, she did do a good job of a lot of things, but she wanted to talk to me about like having sex sex at like 12 or 13. And I was, I was still playing with Barbies. I was like making couture yeah. gowns at like 12 you know, out of like scarves and like hair elastics. I was not interested in, you know, letting anybody near my body in a sexual way. Like, yeah, maybe having the conversation about sexual abuse would have been better. We're going to head to our last commercial and then we'll talk about some of that when we come back. You're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network. And we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life, and quite possibly, other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Interested in masturbating for money, copulating for consciousness, and pleasuring on purpose? 21 Days of Sexual Magicism with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich is an exploration of tools, processes, and actions that you can use to create more for your life, your body, your money inflows, and so much more. 
graduated learning for all levels of interest. Learn at your own pace via video classes or join the yearly live class. Take a peek at www.melitzayelenich.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows, along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email, info at MelitzaYelenich.com. Now, back to the program. People are going to be so sorry that they didn't go in the chat and ask us questions. So true. Oh, I know. Guys, you missed out. But if you do feel like asking us questions, you can always set up having a private session. So, yeah. That's another option. So go over to jenniferkramerlewis.com. You can set up a session with her. You can come over to my um, website as well, melitzajelenik.com. On there, you have an option to actually get, um, you can have a very quick discovery session with me to see if I'm a fit for you. So you can pick that. It's a 15-minute quickie. Um, otherwise, if you really love me already and you'd like to set up a session, just go on there, click on the link, and um, you can absolutely book right there. So that you can find that at the bottom of my webpage, book now, if you'd like to do that. So we, uh, we've been talking about media and how different things have definitely influenced people on in the way they feel, think, and then also how how for some reason there's been this surge uh, for different things going on politically when it comes to um, the actual politics itself with some bills that are trying to be passed. And when we find out what those are uh, are called, we will um, add that information to everywhere, uh, every social media outlet we have uh, so that everybody can go either if we find a petition, we'll get that out there as well. And if we don't find a petition, we'll be making one because nothing about those new bills makes any freaking sense. So we'd like to stop that shit yeah. before but it goes further. Is that you can go to is endsexualexploitation.org. So if you go to endsexualexploitation.org, um, that's run by NCOSE. So that's um, the National Commission for Online Sexual Exploitation Against Online Sexual Exploitation of Children. And, you know, I think probably one of the biggest things that people need to realize is porn is not what you think it is. Um, it's just not. And so there's a, there's a whole nother show that I've done uh, on my um, on my show, uh, and it's called "Why Porn Is Making You Broke." And mm -hmm. um, so, definitely look that one up because if you're having problems, I've listened to it. It's great. Yeah, if you're a regular yeah. consumer of porn, 
you need to understand um, that nobody in porn uh, is consensual. Like even if they think they're consensual, they're actually not, they're being exploited. And, you know, if you go back to the origin source code of, you know, them as a being, you know, mm -hmm. you know, they're probably supposed to be like a painter or a dancer or, you know, like an arborist or a farmer, not, you know, playing Lego with body parts. So you're telling me that in human design, there's no human design that shows up as pornographer? No, there's not. And what? it's interesting because I have a very sexual profile. So if anybody was supposed to be, you know, somebody who was supposed to show up in public and, you know, be sexy, uh, it would probably be me. But it's more about being sensual and consensual. Guess what? Central, like right in the word yes right i know it's really funny with con actually meaning with in that sense like with sensualness with the feeling so it's all fascinating isn't it <laughs> but, but we uh once yeah. again with feeling <laughs> yes with feeling we don't um we don't really honor that so much but when i'm really happy to know is that more and more people are becoming aware of this and more and more people are talking about um, all of these different things when it does come to child sexual abuse and human trafficking and becoming aware of how some of these things are like they're like hidden messages in shows and maybe one day I'll actually sit down and like Mm, go through a bunch of shows and show you some of the things that to look for uh, in terms of like symbology of where they're saying hey it's okay to do this like we stand for this um, there is symbology in shows that will actually show that that people have beliefs that they stand for certain things that are um outright criminal totally criminal yeah so it's it's um to me anything that is not consensual is criminal so theft sexual abuse because it does involve consent i mean if you are involving things with consent i would not consider that criminal so hmm. uh, although many acts that have been consensual have been criminalized like we were talking about earlier in the lgbtq community uh, you know, it was criminal to be gay for a very long time. Still is in many parts of the world. It's criminal to be gay, and you could and be absolutely really hung or killed. Criminalize it in in yeah, trying to recriminalize it. Absolutely, removing, removing the option. And I would say, yeah. you know, like uh, one of that's probably the biggest thing. You know, for me. Thank you for listening to the Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. The Pleasure Zone returns next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body.